Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Hey, Health Hacks. Who's been enjoying Health Hacks? Anybody? Been enjoying it? I tell you, every every morning it's going out there. You're getting it. And please comment, get involved. It's coming at you. Email, YouTube, it's coming so many ways. But I'm so blessed by the uh, community we have here that are working together with us. And we really want to get the church saturated in health. Amen? Amen, we got to do it. So we're going to talk quickly today because we're going to tie it all together with communion, but I want to do some teaching on this. I think you're going to have fun. Luke 22, 19 to 20. Luke 22, 19 to 20. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this is, this cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. It's all about communion. It's all about coming to the table. So we want to do a, a health hack on healing communion today. Andrew Murray, Andrew Murray said, the blood and the spirit always bear testimony together. Where the blood is honored in faith or preaching, there the spirit works. He always leads souls to the blood. The Holy Spirit could not be given until the blood was shed. The living bond between the spirit and the blood cannot be broken. The blood of Jesus had to be shed. The blood of Jesus was taken by Jesus, our high priest, and was put on the mercy seat right there in the throne room of God. And with the blood uh, set and established on the mercy seat, they were able to say, Holy Spirit, go. And the Holy Spirit came and the church was born. And the Spirit follows quickly. Wherever the blood is honored and the blood is applied, the blood of Jesus, the life of everything is in the blood and God placed it there. So mankind, when mankind fell and when the cosmos had been disturbed for such a long time because of the enemy and the demonic works. God set a plan where it was through his own blood he would redeem all of humanity. Literally, he would redeem the whole cosmos. It's an interesting thing. And you go, blood? What's all the blood thing? But there's something powerful that God made a plan that his precious, God's own perfect blood, his life would be shed. His blood would be poured out so that we could embrace a simple thing, the finished work of the cross, the blood of Jesus, and we get everything made right in our world and in our lives because of one thing thing, the shed blood of Christ. And so the blood is a very, very important principle to understand. It sounds weird. I mean, if you, you've never been to church, you walk in, they go, the blood, the blood. This sounds kind of creepy, kind of crazy. But it's about life. It's about when Jesus gave his life, he gave his life. And God intentionally put life in the blood. When you, if you had an accident and you're bleeding and not breathing, they would fix the bleeding first and then get you breathing. Because you can bleed out faster if you're bleeding and you could die losing the blood than not having the oxygen. So you need blood and life is in the blood. Very important connection with the spirit and the blood. Smith Wigglesworth, you gotta have a quote from Smith. I love this, but he said, the Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. The Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. He always reveals the blood. And I know in the early beginnings of our church and our world, and I remember even with my parents, we used to begin services. And the first song you always had to sing was about the blood. Because we believe, as the old hymn writer wrote, he said, the spirit answers to the blood and tells us we are born of God. 
And there's an aspect where when you make much of the blood, my dad always said, if you make much of the blood, Carl, the blood will make much of you. He said, the blood will make a way. And I love that. Smith says, spirit never brings condemnation, but always reveals the blood. Now, a kind of a sharp turn. You ready for a sharp turn? Tell your neighbor, strap up right now, sharp turn. Okay. All right. Here we're going to go. We're going to go to ABC News. October 14th, 2014, ABC News. An Ebola survivor, Dr. Kent Brantley, has donated the plasma in his blood to three patients in the last three months or last month, uh, echoing what one of the former patients did for him before he left Liberia. Now, this was a fellow who was a doctor who went uh, with the organization Samaritan's Purse, and he went to Liberia where the Ebola virus was breaking out and people were dying. He decided, I want to use my skills to go help people. But while he was there, he contracted the virus and he became very ill and they got him back to America and they wanted to do some you know, specialized treatments and try to help him back here. But before he left, they took blood from a 14-year-old survivor, a 14-year-old boy who had conquered the Ebola virus himself. He had the virus and he overcame the virus. So they thought he needs blood. So we're going to take blood from this 14-year-old boy. We're going to give him a blood transfusion with this kid's blood. And then they sent him home. Well, he, he was able to fight off the virus when he got home. And then there was another cameraman that came down with it and another nurse that came down with it. And then another person after that. And they took plasma from Dr. Ken Blantney's blood and they donated that to these. And these people recovered as well. So they looked at that and they said, practically, just by this experience, it's pretty clear that something had happened in the blood of these survivors that through the transfusions, they were able to impart something. They were able to impart antibodies bodies, which had already had written in their memory. The antibodies already had written in their memory. I know you and I know how to kill and crush you. And those antibodies knew that I have overcome the Ebola virus before. And it was written in their memory that every time I see you, I defeat you, I crush you, I obliterate you. And I just thought that was really, really cool. So I'll give you another slide here. Uh, Dr. William Schaffner, he said, an Ebola survivor's blood can be imported into a struggling Ebola patient's body. Those antibodies can theoretically help the patient's immune system fight off the deadly virus. What those antibodies do is they bind to that virus, they find that virus, they bind it, they prevent it from multiplying further. They find it, they bind it, and they eradicate it from functioning in that body anymore. I just thought that's pretty cool. So uh, here's how it works. When confronted with the virus, the immune system creates antibodies to specifically target that virus, kill it, and keep it from coming back, he said. Once a person has the antibodies, they stay in their body for life. Stays in your body for life. So those antibodies stay there. And in other situations and other things that you overcome or areas where your uh, body was impacted, it says memory cells are stored and they are ready to activate. If anything tries to rise up again, they are there ready to attack that. And then other memory cells are sent around into your lymph nodes and other places, and they're just sent around to pay attention and make sure if that ever comes back, we'll bust you again. We will kick your butt just like we did last time because it's written in our memory to know you and to boot you out the door. What's this got to do with anything? I don't know about you, but sometimes I learn better through cartoons, right? So, so I got one for you. So this is the memory cell telling, and this, this was supposed to be the uh, E. coli bacteria. But you see, if you've overcome E. coli, you literally have developed memory cells in your body that say, I will never forget you. 
and not in a happy way. I know he's got a little smiley face, but he's saying, I will never forget you. I will never, ever forget you. And if you ever show up again, I will kick your butt just like I did last time. What's that all about, Pastor? Well, if you notice, you go to churches, you see communion tables, and it says, in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. And then it's tied to blood. It's tied to blood. And he says, I want you to remember the blood. And there's something about the blood. There's something about pleading the blood. My mom used to plead the blood. We'd get in a situation. We'd be driving down the road, and it, it seemed like you know traffic was getting weird, and there might be an accident. My mom, she'd just kind of grab hold and go, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And I never quite understood that. I thought that was kind of strange. But my mom understood there's a principle that when you plead the blood, if there's danger or anything that is contrary to the purpose of God in your life, that's aside from what God committed to your life, the blood of Jesus is committed to bringing you through and defeating anything that's opposed to God's purpose in your life. And if God made it so simple, all you got to do is plead the blood. I don't know about you, but I like simple stuff. Well, you got to take 42 courses and go through 28 things. You got to learn the 7 million things about the authority of the believer. How many can say, I plead the blood? Now, when the enemy comes and he tries to accuse you or tries to come against you in any way, it's real simple. If you learn this one thing, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus speaks to your victory every single time. Arizona State University. So I started doing a little research. Isn't the internet fun? Did some research. Arizona University has a site called Ask a Biologist. And just a little quote from that. It says, towards the end of each battle to stop an infection, T cells and B cells are turned into memory T cells and B cells. As you would expect from their name, these cells remember the virus or bacteria they just fought. These cells live in the body for a long time, even after the viruses from the first infection have been destroyed. They stay in a ready mode to quickly recognize and attack any returning virus or bacteria. Wow, Pastor, thank you for the lesson on health. Well, let's try to bring it into Scripture. Let's try to bring it into that this is the word of the Lord. All right, so Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now, may the God of peace himself who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant... He did it through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you complete. Make you perfect. Make you absolutely, clearly, wonderfully perfect and complete in every way. May he do that. Complete you in every good work to do as well. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's the blood that works. It's the blood of the everlasting covenant that causes this to take place for us. It's the blood. Say the blood. Colossians 1, 20 to 22, having made peace through the blood of his cross. See, he made peace. The word peace is peace, but the word peace also means shalom. The word peace also means that, that, that through conquest, through absolute victory, he has established peace, not a truce. Not a standoff, not, a, not an agreement, you stay there, I'll stay here, but peace, once and for all, eradicated every single enemy. He made peace, shalom through the cross, the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind, say mind. You're never an enemy of God. God loves you. You know, the only place you're ever an enemy is in your head. I mean, if you in your head got convinced by somebody God doesn't like you, now you need to eradicate that because God is nuts about you. He's always been nuts about you. He's always loved you. You've never lived an unloved moment in your life. 
God's for you. And don't be an enemy in your mind by wicked works. Yet now, he who has reconciled in his body through his flesh, through death, to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of your pastor. So now I can only see you as good. No, look what it says. Blameless, holy, above reproach in the sight of God. You are blameless, holy, without reproach in the sight of God. If anybody's accusing you, trying to bring condemnation on you or any of those things, that's not God. Because in God's sight, he threw the blood of the cross. And it's not because he sees you through the filter of Jesus. He sees you. The blood allows him to see you, all of you, and declare that you're lovely, you're beautiful, you're all those things, and I'm nuts about you. Thank you, Kelly. Amen. I got to give you a quote from one of my favorite theologians right here, right here. It's one of my favorites. And, uh, oh, am I going there? Did I miss my favorite quote from my favorite theologian? Oh, I'm I'm my verse ahead of myself. Hebrews 10, 2, 10, 18. I just... You gotta, you gotta, Hebrews 10 is something you should just straight out memorize. It's such a powerful chapter. It talks all about the blood. I'm just pulling some things out of it. For the worshipers, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sin. So he says in the old covenant, they had to keep on every year. It was sacrifices, sacrifices, sin, sin, consciousness of sin, sacrifices because you feel guilty, shameful, sin, sin, sacrifice, sacrifice, sin, sin, sin. That's the old covenant. And yet you go to churches today, it's sin, sin, confess, confess, sin, sin, confess, confess. And we keep on doing like we got to do sacrifices every time we blow it. But it says, but once purified, they have no more consciousness of sins. See, I'm troubled sometimes when I go to churches and they keep on preaching the consciousness of sin. They keep on preaching the problem is sin. The problem with your life is sin. It says once and for all, because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus has the ability to not just cover your sin, but to penetrate into the very depths of your being and remove shame and guilt and fear, remove sin in every way so that you have no more consciousness of sin. See, because it's a consciousness of sin that keeps people trapped. And sadly, some churches, they keep on preaching an old covenant message. We are conscious of your sin. Try to do better. Try to be right. Sin is wrong. Deal with your sin. We're having a course tomorrow on pornography. We'll have another course next week on, you know, don't look at your wife the wrong way. It's just We go on and on and all these things. We keep on saying, here is another sin management course for us people who know we should be better. But we do, we got one after another sin management courses. When there was one act done 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary where your sin wasn't managed, it was obliterated. And you see, it didn't just take care of your sin and cover your sin so that God, you know, doesn't see you through sin anymore. It wasn't just that. It penetrated into the very core of your being and it removed from your very consciousness The whole concept of sin as a way of behavior, as a way of relating with God at all, it removes the very consciousness of sin. The devil loves to keep, you know, blowing it back in your face. He keeps convicting. You see, does the Holy Spirit condemn? No. He said the Holy Spirit always points to the blood. That's not the Bible, but it's Smith Wigglesworth, and he was a pretty cool guy. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Those who are sanctified, being sanctified, will be sanctified. Now, where there is no, where there is remission, say remission. Listen, sin is in remission. Like it's really good news when somebody says the cancer is in remission. Let me tell you something. Sin is in remission. It's not active anymore. 
It's not active as a principle in your life or any of those things. Pastor, I, I still sin. I, I don't even know why, though. You know, you know why people sin? Because of sin consciousness. People sin because they think they're sinners. People behave beyond their privileges and rights as the saints of Almighty God because they keep on being told, you could do better, you could do better, you could do better. I could, I could do better. Oh my God, I could do better. I know, I know. And then you come to church and you get condemnation heaped on you. You know what? I think when you appeal to the finished work of the cross in people's lives, when you appeal to what God has done and who they are in him, when you appeal to that righteousness of Christ that is imparted to them and you call that forth, you're going to see victory in every way. All right, thank God Kelly's not doing kids' church because she's excited today. All right, now, now, sorry, go to my favorite theologian. Here it is, Cheryl Thomas. It's funny because Cheryl often tells me, I gave you that sermon. I go, I know you did. It's all right. Says, what, you were preaching there today? I told you that. I go, I know you did. I got to give her credit once in a while because most of my good revelations actually came from her. All right, don't tell her, though. She's not here, so, all right. Cheryl Thomas, here's what Cheryl said. She said, and then she did it in, she did a sermon years ago called The, the Penetrating Blood. It's <laughs> really good. But she said, I love that the word says that the blood speaks. It says the sprinkled blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And she said it always speaks. The word doesn't say it's spoken, it's done, but it says it speaks. It remains a plea on the mercy dot, 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 seat in heaven with God, and it's a testimony to us. The blood has a voice. It is the voice of a new system, a new covenant, a new dispensation. Abel, his blood cried out for vengeance, but Christ's blood speaks of pardon. That was from Cheryl Thomas. I thought it was pretty good. I was looking at her notes from the penetrating blood, and I said, I just got to put that in because that's just, that's just good stuff right there. But you know, the blood speaks. It didn't speak, but it's still speaking. And it speaks before God and it declares things. So how does that work? Let me give you a verse, Isaiah 43, 26. I love this verse too. It's so good. Put me in remembrance. I mean, this is God saying, put me in remembrance because he's been around for a long time. He's got kind of forgotful over the years. So you got to remind him once in a while. Now, he's not saying that. He's not saying I forgot. He's saying, I want you to constantly keep this before me. It's not because I forgot. It's not because I'm forgetful, but I want you to constantly remind me because it's good for you to remember. I want you to put me in remembrance. Come, let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Remember, state your case, be acquitted. Remember, state your case, be acquitted. Very important stuff. Here's how the, the Living Bible puts it this way. It says, I, yes, I alone am he who blots away your sins. I love that blot. Don't you say blot. He doesn't cover it. He blots it out. He removes it. He completely takes it away. That's where you should let it be taken away. Oh, I did it again. And God's going, what do you mean again? What are you talking about? You know what I kept screwing up with last week? I did it again. You know what? Last week is gone. The sin of last week is gone. God doesn't keep a file of your wrongdoings. And you know, we do though, and the devil does. So we keep on thinking, I'm a pattern screw up. No, you're not. You're a pattern after God's own heart. You're a saint of the most high God, created pure, blameless, and holy in his sight because of the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He does this. Look, he says, I'm the one who blots away your sin for my own sake. See, God wants to remove it from you, and he wants to do it for his own sake. And he doesn't do it because finally you're good enough, I excuse you. 
You know, it's not like that. He says, I blotted out for my own sake and I will never think of them again. Remind me of this promise of forgiveness. Remind me of it. Isn't it great that God forgives us? I mean, isn't it great? I mean, he forgives us with passion. I mean, it says he delights in showing mercy. Mercy's not getting what you deserve. He loves it when you don't get what you deserve. That's what makes God happy. Look at you're a screw up and you're not going to get what you deserve. And I love it when I treat you like this. He's nuts about it. Oh, I love him. Don't you love him? Remind me of this promise of forgiveness for we must talk about your sins. Plead your case for me and for my forgiving you. Isn't that great? I love that. Be bold when you enter into the throne room. Be bold through the new and living way of Jesus, his body, his blood. Be bold to come and to receive grace and mercy from there, his throne of mercy. All right. The blood will speak by the power of the Spirit to every circumstance in your life. Let me say that again because some of you missed it. The blood will speak to every circumstance in your life by the power of the Spirit, every circumstance. When you plead the blood, the Spirit then deals with every single issue that's out of line with who you are in Christ. You remember the memory cells? The blood has memory. The blood has memory that has defeated Satan and it brings into manifestation the wholeness of God. And the blood of Jesus, when applied to your life, it has a memory that it has won absolute, total, and complete victory for you. Every single area. You just have to agree with the preceding word to get it on your mouth. The blood will position you for constant victory. Please settle down. Your enthusiasm is just crazy today. Wow. How many know I'm a pretty needy person, you know? All right. Get a grip, Pastor. The blood, the blood. We put the blood over you right now. Okay. Revelation 12, 10, 11. Here we go. Who accused them? The accuser. The accuser. The Greek word is kategoreho. Kategoreho. Say kategoreho. Amen. Gesundheit. Good. Kategoreho. The blood. Kategoreho. Kategoreho is where we get the word to categorize. So you see, the enemy tries to put you in a category. The enemy tries to say Ebola, E. coli, cancer, diabetes, broken, Mental illness. He tries to stab and put over top of your head that this is you. You are a victim of this, of this, of this. And that's his job, to put you in a category of failure, of deficiency. And that's what he does. So the, the accuser comes to do that, and he's accusing you before God day and night. But he has been cast down. Done. Been cast down. Been cast down. And they, that's us, we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and we do not love our lives, even unto death. We're not going to look for any other way to do it. We're not going to step in or try to do it on our own. We're going to trust in those two things, the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. So the blood has been shed. Amen. Can I get an amen? Done. That's done. God's done his part. The blood is shed. Shed for you. The blood that sets you totally free, done. But you see, for us to activate the blood, the spirit of God is activated when you get the word of God on your mouth. The spirit answers to the blood and the blood speaks. You see, when you speak the word of God, over your life, when you plead the blood, when you plead the wonderful new covenant that's in his blood, when you speak those things over your life, when you declare the blood of the lamb with your lips, you bring into manifestation the victory of God. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. 
His blood remembers his surrender, his obedience, his righteousness, his victory. I mean, I stopped there, but we could go on and on and on. But you see, when you have a lack of surrender, stubbornness in your life and things going on, you know what? The blood deals with that. And the blood remembers that, that he lived a surrendered life. And the blood of Jesus, when you plead that over your stubbornness, that surrendered life of Christ is yours. And you can have that absolute position in him, totally surrendered. Obedience, I don't try to obey God. I wish I could obey. You can lean into the finished work of the cross and you can embrace the blood, the blood that remembers the absolute obedience of Jesus to every legal responsibility. Because you plead the blood, it is all finished. You are absolutely obedient and pleasing in the sight to your father because that blood speaks for you and that blood deals with any area that's out of order in your life you don't have to try harder and try to perform right you just have to plead the blood and the blood is righteousness what it's not your righteousness there's nothing you could do to be acceptable to god but it's written in the blood of jesus that he lived a righteous overcoming life and when you plead the blood you are laying hold of his righteousness in your life so every day you say i am the righteousness of god in christ because it's written in the memory cells of the blood of jesus that he won victory for me once and for all victory over sickness, over temptation, over the devil, over any issue that comes against you. It's all dealt with and what's in the blood. He says, put me in remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me and my life, my power, my spirit will profoundly move into that situation and bring you into the full manifestation of your legal rights as a child of God. It says right here, pause and take a breath. Ha, ha. When sin or sickness try to encroach, the blood of Christ is activated by your voice to bind and eliminate the attack. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Covenant, a solemn agreement between two parties for the purpose of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. You don't take communion, you receive communion. You're receiving the full manifestation of that today. You're receiving the finished work of the cross. You're receiving everything that's written in the memory of the blood of Christ that speaks for you. You don't take communion. You receive it. One last thing, the Lord's table. He says, remember me. And this is not a call to commiserate his suffering or our sin. Sadly, so often when people come to a communion table, the person up front says, you know, remember what he did. You're a dirty dog. You know, lucky beggars, you know, remember, you know, confess your rotten self and all this stuff. And we get into that. And so we develop this mindset that the table is a place where, you know, we get to come back to every time so we can feel bad about ourselves and uh, just hope that God will be gracious to us again. Hello. It's not commiserating his suffering or our sin. It's a call to commemorate his triumph. It is finished. Eucharist is gratitude, thanks, or grace. So this is not a sad moment. It's a happy meal. And McDonald's may think they coined that, but Jesus did it a long time ago. He said, this is a place where I don't want you to come and be miserable because he died for your sorrow. He died for your failure. He, you know, if you come here with guilt, here's what you do. You come, as, as a Corinthians, if you come framing this moment in guilt and shame, 
you come in an unworthy manner. And here's what it says. If you come in an unworthy manner, it says, for that reason, many are weak and sick and many sleep. So when we come to the table, people are weak and sick and sleep because they think it's a time for us to feel bad that he had to die for us. Don't you, do you remember what we called that day that he died for us? We called it Good Friday. It's really, really good. It's really, really good to know that he who had no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And remember this. There's memory in the blood. And today, here's our health hack. Plead the blood. Here's our health hack in every way. If, if you feel challenged mentally, if you feel I'm not adequate, I, if you feel attacked, if you feel there's a consciousness of, you know, I'm not making it, or I, there's, there's these attacks of the devil of fear and doubt and all those things, plead the blood over that. Because you know what? The blood will bring to you a revelation of his absolute surrender, of his absolute obedience. Because you know what? You step into his surrender, you step into his obedience. Because honestly, no act that you do, no performance of you registers in eternity. The one thing you have to do is lean into the finished work of the cross. But religion will get you in a treadmill of your own performance. If you do, 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 then you get, 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 but you don't. That's the equation. But if you confess now that because of the blood it's done, 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 then you can embrace the finished work of a victorious cross. So we're going to come. I'm going to get those who are going to help me. We're going to hand out the emblems. And I want you to take these emblems and we're going to have a happy meal. Is that okay? But if you're sick today, I want you to realize that the blood speaks for you today. There's no reason for you to walk out of here with any impediments, anything at all. You can plead the blood. And if you can't, then we're all helpless and pitiful. Because <laughs> if this doesn't work, then my goodness, I should have gone golfing this morning. But, <laughs> but you know what? It works. Come on, why don't you stand with us? Anyone who's there? I want you to really embrace this today because... We're not here to feel sad. We're not here to pay homage and say, appreciate what you did, Father. See, to say you appreciate what he did without embracing the benefits is to take this meal in vain. Is to say, I don't really expect anything to change today, but thanks anyways. And see, that is an unworthy manner. And see, if you come to the table that has power to transform your life with no expectation of it affecting you, that's an unworthy manner. Because it doesn't say that you come unworthy to come. It says you come unworthily. It says you come with the wrong understanding or you come without an expectation. What a terrible thing to come to a wonderful, loving God. I have zero expectation you can change anything right now, but I'm willing to break bread with you anyways. It says that's why people are weak and sick and many sleep. That's what it is. You know, this is something that doesn't just belong to the church. It belongs to you. And this is something that you can do as a meal before God. This is something you can do and he commands you, bring me into remembrance of this. Why? Because it's really, really important that you put a demand on the memory cells in the blood of Jesus to attack everything in your life that is contrary to my will and my purpose in you. To align you with the good inheritance that is yours in Christ. And you see, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, he took our sin in his body. He took it. He says his sin was placed in his body. And it says that the lashes on his back were for my healing. Did he receive lashes on his back? Yes. Are those lashes still there today? Yes. 
He is he has chosen that for all eternity he has limited himself to be in a body just like ours and that resurrected body still has wounds that speak for us. And he stands there before the throne and his father sees everything is fulfilled and finished for you to be well. By his stripes you were you are healing is yours in Jesus name. And so we eat this right now saying I demand the benefits that my savior won. I demand I come with importunity. I come right now in the name of Jesus and I demand that what he took on his body, he did for me. And I insist right now that by his stripes I am healed. And I rebuke every single area, devil, where you try to encroach upon my body, where you try to affect my body to serve you, where you try to attack me with pain or any limitation, I curse you in the name of Jesus. And I say right now, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Jesus, you said that healing is the children's bread. Every child should have an expectation that healing is mine. And so, Father, we eat now with faith. We eat with revelation. We eat with understanding. And we eat in a worthy manner, expecting now that things from this moment, they radically change. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. It says it was the perfect blood of Jesus. It says that we were saved and set apart by the blood of God himself. The blood of God caused remission of sins. The blood of God obliterated every area. The blood of God penetrates into the very core of my being and it goes right to my conscience and it eliminates fear, shame, guilt. It eliminates all those things and it brings in the revelation in me, the victory of Christ, the power of Christ. So Father, we expect the precious blood that flowed over that body, that body that was riddled with my sin, my sickness, and my disease, that perfect precious blood freed that body to be resurrected and raised up. I command now the power in the blood of Jesus to be made alive here today. I command the power in the blood of Jesus by revelation to be received. We haven't come to take communion. We've come to receive absolute union and fellowship, communion with God my Father. Communion not only with you relationally, but communion with my inheritance and every benefit that is mine in Christ Jesus. So we drink in a worthy manner. We drink with expectation. We drink expecting that blood, the memory of it to obliterate and attack everything that it attacked at the cross, everything that it removed at the cross, that blood still speaks. It obliterates and removes and isolates every attack on my life. So we drink to freedom in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Mm. Now, if I, can, if I can get, praise the Lord. If I get the elders and those who are on the prayer team this week, come on up and there may be someone who needs prayer before you go. We always want to leave room for prayer. So if you need prayer or ministry in any way, the altar is going to be open for you. What a day. Was that a day or what? Did we do some church today? My goodness. I tell you, I'm going to pray and I'm going to bless you and I'm just going to pray that you uh, come. If you need anything, come to the altar and put a demand on, on prayer today. You ready? Come on, sing with me. Sing with me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before.
bless each one in the house today i pray lord just the the simplicity of this revelation of the blood lord that we would just embrace it i pray that that the the seed the the incorruptible seed of your word would sink deep in hearts today that this lord would unpack in their hearts and lives so much i pray spirit that you would bring revelation to the blood revelation to the victory that's ours in the blood i pray that you would penetrate and remove every obstacle to this revelation i pray it would sink deep as a deep seed that would bear fruit in every life and i command it to be so in jesus name now father in the name of you our heavenly father our great loving heavenly father jesus our great redeemer our savior our lord our co-heir joint heir brother holy spirit our divine counselor holy spirit our partner holy spirit the one who is with us now to testify in and through us to the goodness of christ in the name of father son and holy ghost i bless each and every one of you go manifest the kingdom demonstrate the glory of god in jesus precious name amen